You're listening to Professionalism Matters podcast series, where we discuss important matters impacting on our professionalism and remind ourselves why our professionalism really matters. Professionalism is the set of values, behaviours and relationships which underpin the trust the public have in doctors, nurses and health and social care professionals. In conversation with our expert guest, we shall explore some of the greatest dilemmas in professionalism and ethics in modern healthcare practice. And together with you, our audience, we hope to find at least some of the solutions. My name is Professor Dennis Harkin. I am a surgeon and a chair of medical professionalism at the Centre for Professionalism in Medicine and Health Sciences at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland. This episode of Professionalism Matters is on unprofessionalism and burnout. Burnout is a state of physical and emotional exhaustion which arises when chronic work-related stress overwhelms our ability to cope. Burnout is recognised as an occupational phenomenon in the International Classification of Diseases where it is described as a syndrome conceptualised as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterised by three dimensions. Feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increasing mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job, and reduced professional efficacy. The World Health Organisation recognises the need for evidence-based guidelines and interventions to address mental well-being in the workplace. Today, I am delighted to be joined by our guest, Professor Colin West. He is a physician and a researcher and an expert in physician well-being. He is currently the Professor of Medicine, Medical Education and Biostatistics at the Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota, USA. He co-founded the Mayo Clinic Internal Medicine Wellbeing Study, launched in 2003, a groundbreaking longitudinal study examining quality of life, burnout, empathy and personal well-being in Mayo Clinic medical residents. He now directs the programme on physician well-being at Mayo Clinic, offering a solution-based approach to support for medical students, medical residents and practising physicians. Professor West is also a medical educator and researcher whose aim is to improve patient care by promoting physician well-being and reducing physician distress. So, with your permission, Colin, I'd like to chat to you today about the spectre of burnout. Based on your expert knowledge, research and your personal experience gained from working in the field of well-being for many years, we will explore your personal reflections, any insights that you've gained, and we hope you will share lessons you've learned for our listeners so that they may use them to help cope better with similar experiences in future. And for the benefit of our listeners and to consider the problem in depth, we shall use the reflective approach where we will discuss what, what is the problem, so what, why does it matter, and now what, uh, what interventions or what can we do next to help with it. So Colin, turning to you, what is the first question? What is burnout? Um, could you describe that to us in your own uh, thoughts and words um, and uh, maybe expand on its, uh, its prevalence and impact? 
Yeah, I'd be happy to. And uh, first of all, uh, I'm delighted to be here actually doing this podcast in person uh, in Ireland, uh, my first visit, and it's been wonderful so far. Uh, you've already alluded to some of the key elements of what burnout involves. The three main dimensions from classical discussion are emotional exhaustion, a sense of depersonalization, and a feeling of uh, low accomplishment from one's work. And emotional exhaustion is really this sense of emotionally having nothing left to give in medicine. That usually means to your patients, can also mean to your colleagues. Depersonalization is this sense of uh, treating your patients not as full human beings, but as objects, becoming callous toward their experiences, which I think relates very closely to principles of professionalism because it's so antithetical to any uh, concept of medical professionalism. And then a sense of low personal accomplishment is this idea that despite the fact that our work is uh, fundamentally meaningful, we can't always connect with that. And people that are struggling with burnout feel even more distanced from that sense of the impact that they're having. I think it's also important to highlight a key part of the definition is that this is a work-associated phenomenon. So I think if we go back a couple of decades, there was a mindset that, well, physicians who are experiencing burnout, trainees who are experiencing burnout, there's something deficient in their own individual contributions to their careers. And when we think about burnout more broadly, certainly we need to strive to maximize our own coping strategies, our own resilience, our own ability to deal with a stressful profession. But the majority of the problem of burnout is actually really dedicated, passionate, committed individuals working in an environment that doesn't allow them to thrive to their fullest potential. And I think as we talk a bit more, that'll shine through when we talk about not just the implications, but also how we need to approach solutions. Okay, thank you very much, Colin. That really gives us a, an insight into what it is. Um, do we have a sense uh, of how prevalent it is? Um, we uh, see when we look at the scientific literature, or indeed the grey literature, that uh, the word burnout comes up much more frequently uh, over recent years than it, it seemed to in previous years. Is this uh, that we're becoming more aware of it, or do you feel that it's actually increasing in terms of its frequency or prevalence? It's a great question. The honest answer is we don't really know because we weren't measuring it before a decade or two decades ago, certainly. Um, I also think some of our practice patterns and training environments have changed over time. So if we go back 50 years, uh, certainly in the United States, it was very common for trainees to be on call every other night and they're working 110, 120 hours a week. I'm not sure how you separate burnout from just overwhelming fatigue in that sort of a training environment. As some of the training environment has improved, at least from a work hour standpoint, I think some of that broader definition, that emotional exhaustion, that depersonalization, we're able to separate that a bit uh, from fatigue and from some other dimensions of distress. What we do know is that there can be some ebbs and flows over time, but since we've been measuring this systematically in national surveys, doesn't matter what country you're in, there are some variations from health system to health system, but it's fairly common that 40 to 50% of healthcare professionals, physicians especially, are dealing with clinically impactful burnout symptoms at any given time. 
which again goes back to my comment a moment ago about you know 40 to 50 percent of physicians are dealing with this is this fundamentally about an individual deficiency or is this really a combination of people who aren't able to bring their best selves to their work and their work doesn't allow them to be mm -hmm. their best selves because of the demands it places on them Okay. Well, certainly, Colin, from what you say, the scale of the problem uh, is enormous, uh, or potentially enormous. Um, uh, and one of my additional questions was to be, um, are there particular groups within healthcare that are more vulnerable to this than others? But if we're dealing with 40% of the workforce, um, then per perhaps everyone is vulnerable to it. But did you find from your your work, your, your, your research, that particular people may be more vulnerable to this than others? So, yes and no. And, and as you've alluded, the first part of this is, I think, a very important one, is that no one is immune uh, from burnout having an impact. Um, we talk in the United States about certain specialties that may be less demanding, at least as viewed from the outside. Um, and those specialties, people sometimes think, oh, well, you know, go to that specialty because no one has to deal with burnout in those disciplines. And the data don't support that. Uh, they still deal with burnout, and it's partly because their clinical demands aren't as light as others from the outside might think they are. On the other hand, there are disciplines that have historically been higher on the burnout scale. And in the United States, they tend to be the relatively under-resourced most demanding specialties. So uh, primary practice, primary care, family medicine, uh, emergency medicine, where people are really on the front lines directly with patients uh, all the time. And they're also on the interface of those patients and those patients' engagement with societal support, mm -hmm. which is obviously different from health system to health system. But in the United States, it's a major issue and so those specialties that are right at that intersection uh, have the most demands placed on them on a regular basis. Interestingly, in the United States at least, we've not seen the specialties that work the longest hours. Often those are the subspecialty surgical disciplines, for example. That doesn't necessarily translate into the highest burnout rates, likely because they have other protections in their practices that allow them to focus on what matters. Very interesting. So. We know, obviously, what it is in terms of the dimensions of it. Uh, we know it's a very common problem and that anyone is vulnerable to it. Um, how do we spot it, Colin? Um, do we spot a change in behaviour um, or is it something that can only be picked up on a survey or a questionnaire of some sort? Um, how do we go about uh, identifying the extent of the problem? and monitoring it uh, then going forward uh, with a view to interventions to reduce it? Yeah, this is a really important question and the preface to my response is we have to realize that we're really generally quite poor at assessing our own well-being. And uh, as much as physicians often have a, rep a reputation for you know, kind of complaining and griping and you know, fussing with each other about things, the reality is that we're fundamentally quite optimistic. And so when we look at how we're doing compared with our colleagues, we think, well, you know, maybe I'm not perfect, but I'm better than my neighbor. Mm -hmm. That may not be true. And so having objective self-assessments to help people gain more insight into how they're actually doing can be helpful. Um, at the individual level, one of the markers 
really is when people's lived values start to deviate from who they wanted to be. Um, so I ask people when I'm working with colleagues or other physicians who wonder whether they're struggling, I ask them to think about when they wrote their personal statements for medical training, do they recognize that person? Because that person had the right ideals, almost without fail. And if they feel like they've drifted a lot from that, they're just going through the motions, and this is, this is just work, this is just a job, that's a sign that maybe something is awry. <clears throat> may not be burnout, but something can be awry. Uh, another sign is really other people, colleagues will notice, when we go back to emotional exhaustion and depersonalization in particular, you know, you don't seem like you're as engaged as you used to be. You don't talk about your patients with the same kind of uh, fervor for their diagnostic improvement as, as you used to. Not to say that you don't care as much, but you seem to be having a harder time tapping into that. Are you okay? Those can be clues that someone is starting down the path away from well-being, and burnout can be part of that, one of those many dimensions of distress. <clears throat> so I suppose that smoothly leads us on now, Colin, to... Um, it is a big problem. Uh, we're all vulnerable to it. Uh, so what is the impact of it? And we've talked a little bit about um, the dimensions. Uh, so one could suspect that if you uh, became more negative or cynical in your work, that might have unforeseen harmful effects uh, both to your team and perhaps even to the patient. If you feel less efficient or actually are less efficient, in doing your work, or if worst happens and, and you need to take time off work. So what are the impacts? So what matters if we all have burnout, if we keep turning up for work each day? What are the effects on us, the team, and the patients? Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that last part about uh, if we all keep turning up for work each day, because that actually turns out to be one of the impacts. Um, but from a patient care standpoint, Burnout's been associated with increased risk of medical errors. It's been associated with suboptimal professional behaviors. That's actually got what got one of my close collaborators in the United States, Dr. Tate Shanafelt, interested in burnout more than two decades ago when he was going through training and he saw his colleagues in medical residency becoming different people, not people that he knew they were when he met them as he was just getting started. Um, so the ability to engage with patients, as you mentioned, uh, has adverse consequences for patients. Uh, access to care can be an issue. Uh, we've even got evidence that physicians who are experiencing burnout are more likely to express implicit and explicit racial biases. Uh, those diminish, by the way, if they're able to recover from burnout. So there are some direct interactions that have major societal uh, and social justice implications as well. From a staffing standpoint, to return to that part of things, uh, we know from studies in recent years something that really I think is common sense. Physicians who are dealing with burnout, when things get to a certain point, are more likely to reduce their clinical effort, they're more likely to retire early, and one of the advantages that a profession like medicine has is, in general, relative to much of the population, we actually financially have the means to retire early if we so choose. 
The counter to that is very few physicians, because of the nature of what attracts people into the profession and the deep meaning behind it, actually want to retire early or leave, reduce their clinical effort. They do this as defense mechanisms, as self-preservation mechanisms. Um, that's incredibly difficult for patients in terms of access and continuity of care. There are, of course, impacts on the physicians themselves, mental health issues, uh, those sorts of things, just feeling not as efficient as you could be. And the expense is immense. So we think about recruiting, uh, retaining, uh, really having people working to the optimal levels of their performance as complete physicians, not just in the clinical sphere, but in research as educators, uh, in connecting with patients, families, and communities the financial costs really are staggering. And uh, it's been estimated in the United States in studies uh, would probably be the equivalent of about 6,000 euros uh, per year per physician just from job turnover related to burnout, not to mention all of the other consequences and all of the other health professions. We have many more nurses than physicians, for example. They're dealing with burnout as well, and it has the same impact on them. So we're talking about an incredibly expensive drain on our healthcare systems that right now there's no system in the world that is accounting for. Mm -hmm. So we're just really paying that price without thinking about it, which is one of the reasons why we really need to address this in a proactive way. It's not just moral obligation. People should work in environments within which they can thrive. But it's also bad business not to address this. And healthcare is expensive no matter where you are in the world. And we have an obligation to our society and to our patients to deliver care in a way that is cost-effective. Addressing burnout is part of that. Fantastic. Um, so that leads us very smoothly on now to now what? Uh, the, the third part of our reflection, trying to think of a way forward. Um, so the problem is established. Uh, the impact on uh, healthcare workers, on patients uh, is established. So we wouldn't want to see a loss of um, perhaps some of our most experienced personnel um, and obviously the, the difficulties of, uh, of, of uh, filling those spaces, uh, but also the impact that would have on those who remain behind perhaps with workforce deficits uh, to add to the burden uh, of, the, of their workload. Um, so what do we do next? How can we intervene if that is an option uh, prior to someone reaching burnout? Um, is that something that we can do, Colin? Yeah, it absolutely is something that we can do. Uh, we have to have the will and the conviction to do it. Uh, and I think understanding what some of the drivers are informs what the solutions are. And so uh, things really should flow very naturally there. What we've done historically is try to draw on the low-hanging fruit, which often focuses on, okay, as a practice, as an organization, as a hospital, the easiest thing for us to do is say that you as the individual physician need to increase your resilience. You need to bring a stronger self to work. And there is truth to that to an extent. No one got into medicine thinking this was going to be an easy career. We actually thrive on the challenge to a great extent. Um, but I think the people that come into medicine and succeed in their training, they're already highly resilient. We've published literature on that. They have loads of grit. These are people who do not shy away from working hard. 
And so telling those people as the only solution on the menu, you've just got to toughen up, what's wrong with you, really pushes people in a cynical direction. So we've cast this as a shared responsibility. We all have an individual responsibility to bring our best selves to work. Really tap into that dedication, that commitment, the meaning that we derive from our work. We also need our practices to reflect back to us environments within which the drivers of burnout can be mitigated. So uh, workload needs to be sustainable. And if we're short-staffed and workload increases, um, and COVID has laid this bare in the United States and in many other countries around the world, uh, what happens when we're short-staffed? Well, the people who are still working end up filling more of the workload. And so they're going to end up having greater risk of burnout. We need systems that are going to say, wait a minute, why is everyone leaving? We need to set up environments in our hospitals and our practices where people want to be. Um, so making that an environment within which people can see themselves having fulfilling careers over an entire lifetime needs to be an emphasis point. We need to make sure that uh, we're maintaining opportunities for community and connection. One of the drivers of well-being and engagement is this sense of community, connection. Increasingly, we're understanding that those words aren't powerful enough. We're really probably talking about belonging. And in our work environments, how do we foster relationships among people? In the States, we commonly hear from physicians that they feel like they're scurrying from one appointment to the next. They don't have time to talk with a colleague. They're barely talking with their desk staff. Um, there's no social interaction. And yet medicine is a fundamentally social profession. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a team activity. Um, so being able to nurture those, make time for those, make space for those, and fundamentally, uh, meaning, values, and purpose, what I call the MVPs of well-being, are things that our practices can support. And for most physicians, it's not that complicated because what drives meaning, values, and purpose are relationships with our patients. Mm -hmm. And so if our practices nurture those, give us adequate time to really engage with our patients and work across societal structures so that our patients have an opportunity to succeed once they leave our office, that really turns things for physicians to feel like we're tapping into hard work that we don't shy away from on behalf of patient outcomes because we can see that the world around us is supporting us in giving of ourselves to make that move forward. The counter to that is if it feels like you're pushing against headwinds every step of the way and you start heading into deeper, more cynical aspects of burnout, uh, people start, as we talked about before, questioning what's the purpose of all of this? Mm -hmm. Is it really worth it? And that's a really dangerous place for people to be in a profession that is so grounded in meaning fundamentally. Yeah, that's fantastic insights. So really, we're, we're talking about resilience being some of the solution. Obviously, that, uh, for the listeners, that ability to rebound after difficulties or a difficult experience. Uh, but under repetitive strain, you know, even the elastic band analogy uh, will snap eventually. But we're talking perhaps less about individual resilience, but more about organizational resilience and, and how they make uh, uh, the protection of their staff, the prevention of burnout part of that. And given people a feeling that they belong, they're connected, and that they have purpose uh, and their work is of value, they are valued. 
Um, do we find that um, as people move through the journey of their career, um, that um, are we doing the right thing by our uh, colleagues? You mentioned previously about people running from appointment to appointment, and one does get the impression that you appear to always accelerate through your career and rarely decelerate. Um, should we be thinking about different patterns of work uh, for different phases of that career? And, and the phases may be at different times for different individuals. Yeah, I think the broader principle there is flexibility and understanding what each individual needs to connect to the best they have to offer. And I think historically in medicine, we've been fairly rigid about you know, there's a certain way that you are supposed to practice. There is a certain template that you will follow in your clinical schedule. Uh, and you adhere to that schedule. And if you don't, well, that's not really an option. And one of the other drivers of well-being and engagement is a sense of control and agency in your, in your day, in your work life. So this idea of the practice being so regimented and physicians actually having little to no control over their day-to-day -day runs counter and it actually is predictive of burnout fundamentally. So to your point about different phases of careers, different individual circumstances, I think as leaders in medicine, as we establish our practices, we really need to frame shift so that our goal is how do we help someone connect with the very best that they have to offer in their career on behalf of their patients? and on behalf of our healthcare system. And what we found at least is that doesn't usually mean that there are some people that need more time with patients so that they see fewer patients in a day. It means they need some flexibility so that some patients need a little bit more and they don't feel like if a patient needs a little bit more, suddenly I'm three patients behind on my roster. What am I gonna do? Now I've got to finish all my charting and I'm home two hours late or I've got to do this on a weekend when I'm not on my work schedule. Um, these are things that are ubiquitous in the United States and I suspect they are in other health systems as well. Um, and so we need to think as practices and as hospitals and as health systems, building this not just from what I've been speaking about, uh, what our physicians may need to thrive, but also I think hand in hand what do our patients need? Our patients do not generally need 10-minute visits when they increasingly have multiple medical conditions that interface with one another. So we need to really restructure how we think about uh, the space that we make available for patients. Because this idea that, well, you know, you've got one problem, you've got 10 minutes, and then you'll just have to come back in three months the next time we have an opening for your next visit, that does not address an aging population that has multiple comorbidities at the same time. So we have to rethink how do we space that out. Um, I'm a general internist uh, and the last time I saw a patient come to me with a single problem, it's years. Uh, and so setting up our schedules around artificial patient presentations doesn't help. So again, we've got to just think about some of those complexities and allow flexibility in our system to account for that. If we've got electronic medical record entry that needs to be part of things, that needs to be built into our day, not an add-on. Mm -hmm. And again, increasingly that's something that is, uh, it's a, an irritant 
for physicians. Uh, it's been called pebble in the shoe or a hassle factor sort of problem because it distracts people from what's most important. If we can take some of those electronic systems and actually make them facilitators of that patient-physician relationship, then we're on to something that can actually promote well-being. Electronic medical records aren't the bad guy here, but the way they've been used ends up interfering with that patient-physician relationship. So all of that is part of that larger principle of flexibility that I think is important if we really want people to be able to thrive in their careers. Well, that is fantastic, and I'm delighted we've come a full circle, really, back to the core of why we uh, would have entered health professions, uh, that humanistic approach, uh, uh, and uh, obviously putting the patient at the centre of that. Um, so before we finish our chat, Colin, uh, I suppose to give the, the listeners uh, um, some answers and, and, and uh, to, uh, to uh, dispel any uh, suspense, what would you consider the most important lesson to take away from our discussion on burnout today in terms of your experience and reflections? Yeah, I'll, I'll give two brief ones. Uh, and the first, that we've talked about both of these. The first is uh, really impressing on people that this is a shared responsibility, the individual bringing their best self to bear and the environment within which they work, whether it's a learning environment in medical training or a practice environment subsequently. Uh, being designed to allow people to be their best selves. We need both of those. Burnout is not an individual failing for the most part. It's about work experiences where some of our very best and brightest, most passionate individuals feel themselves struggling to connect with the second part of the most important lesson, which is to me all solutions that are going to be successful in terms of mitigating burnout, promoting well-being, helping people flourish, connect people with the MVPs. It's really about meaning, values, and purpose. And the right workload, which allows people to give people the time that patients need. Uh, nobody that I've met anyway wants to have you know, their work be oriented around Friday spa day or things like that. Physicians have no problem working hard. We've done it our entire careers. We're not just working hard, though, in a lot of medicine around the world. We're working beyond almost superhuman capacity in many instances. So workload that supports meaning, values, and purpose is one example. Flexibility that supports meaning, values, and purpose. Any solution out there that builds belonging, builds community, allows people to connect with the MVPs, that's where we're going to make progress toward making this the best environment that we need and again, as you said, not just for us. This is really about our patients. We take the best care of our patients when we ourselves are well. Thank you so much. Uh, on that note, uh, I would like to thank our guest, uh, Professor Colin West, very much for sharing his experience and personal reflections. Thank you for listening uh, to the episode of Professionalism Matters, our podcast series. Uh, today's episode was on burnout broadcast from the Centre for Professionalism in Medicine and Health Sciences at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland, Dublin, Ireland. I hope you have enjoyed it, and if you have, I hope you will invite uh, some of your colleagues and friends to listen to it. If you'd like to know more about the topics we have discussed in this podcast, please do have a look at our podcast description for further information. If you are new to podcasts, perhaps listening for the first time, Please make sure you subscribe to the channel uh, to make listening easier in future. You can access this podcast or any other in the series on all the major apps. 
And for more information on the team, our experts, or on medical professionalism, or if you would like to have your CPDs recognised for listening to this podcast and would like a certificate, please look at Professionalism Matters podcast series description and link. Thank you.